That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. The international break is just about over. Plenty of teams picked up injuries. Plenty of players apparently have picked up the coronavirus. But the Premier League is back on Saturday, bright and early, 7 in the morning. Welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast. I'm Andrew Pissarro alongside Alex Moss and Javier Arevalo. How's everybody doing? The best Egyptian in the Premier League has COVID. Are you, don't don't try to make an uh, El Neni joke. Like, I mean, don't, Mohamed no, like, El Neni, yes, of course. Please don't. Of course. Please don't. The best Egyptian in the please Premier stop. League has like, COVID. See yourself out. So, no, no. Of course, it's, he's the best. He's the best Egyptian. Come on. Bro. I hate international. No, but how how stupid is Mohamed Salah for going to his brother's wedding of like five hundred people without wearing a mask, but being lifted into a crowd of people? Yeah, it's a bad Everyone look. knew it was going to get COVID. It's a bad look. It's 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 a it's a bad look. I'm not I'm not going to sit here and at least El Neni got it on like probably in, you know like from Mo Salah because you know probably from Mohamed yeah, Salah yeah. right Mohamed Salah super spreader of coronavirus yeah not a great look I wasn't happy about that I hate international break I hate it I hate it Reese Williams hate is it injured so, Reese Williams is it well first of all. Joe Gomez went down within like two days of the international break starting and has a knee injury. That, there's been so many injuries he since then. I training. forgot about it. He didn't him. even make it to a he game. He went down in training. <laughs> he went down in training on a non-contact injury. He just like grabbed his knee and was like, hey guys. First of all, Joe Gomez is still only 23. Yeah. And I'm I'm now officially worried that his entire career is going to be like... Like, I was listening to a Liverpool podcast today and that you can't really call him injury prone. He just picks up injuries that put him out for long stretches of time. He's not like one of those guys who plays two games, gets injured, plays two games, gets injured. He's just like gets injured, misses six months, plays for a year, gets injured, misses six months. Play, like, Ruben, he's Ruben Loftus-Cheek picks him up at training and just goes, this is the way. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally. And I hate, but I hate international breaks so much. I And Jordan Henderson got subbed out of an England game. Andy Robertson played today for Scotland, but there was worries that he was uh, he, whether or not he was going to play. There was how, like a, how good are the cooks, Andrew? How good are the cooks? I think that's what everyone's wondering. Can can the cooks play in the back line? The, I mean, the cooks. There, I was like, there was, do they have a player with the last name Cook? There's some brothers with the last no, name. No, no. I think it's like that. I think it's a joke when like Klopp won the Champions League. He's like, I want to thank everyone. Like, I want to thank the cooks. Well, they do have a special. So they like, do oh, have a special like, like health and nutrition <laughs> staff there to like make sure that the players have the right amount of energy to play in Klopp's system. Uh, I will. So then the joke is, there was a you meme, know, the, the cooks are going to be playing the, on. There Saturday. was a meme going around uh, because Liverpool opened. They closed Melwood, their longtime training ground, and they opened a new, st- uh, a new like state of the art facility in Kirby, in in Liverpool. And there was a joke going around of like apparently Klopp like showed up to like the U12s training, and it was like Klopp picking out the team for Leicester City this weekend. Because <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this is fucked up, but it's accurate. So. Uh, yeah, uh, I just want to go out on state. Like, we should just ban international break until further notice. So, well, especially these like three game international I've never breaks. Even I, seen I don't know why they started doing that. Break. Like, it, they're already it's jamming ridiculous in all that these they were games. games today, 
and then players got to go play on Saturday after playing three games in in less than seven the, days. I don't the know. One, it's, it's, the one it's thing I'm gonna take from this, and also like the one thing I'm gonna take from this is that yes, we are very very injured right now. But everyone is going to get injured because of the way that they're doing the league. We just happen to be the, t- you know, just like last year, we got there first before everyone else. Um, we are now getting there first this in is, terms of the injury. This is front. a good way of looking at it, Andrew. <laughs> we are we are the best in the league, and we are the best at getting injured. That Liverpool Football Club 2020 put it on a sticker. All right, let's start the weekend preview. Newcastle hosts Chelsea, historically a ground that Chelsea has... Five losses in your last seven games at uh, St. James's. Yeah. Uh, 14 goals against, seven goals scored. Newcastle plus 550, the draw plus 350, Chelsea without Kai Havertz because of COVID as well, and Christian Pulisic, who's still nursing injuries that he's been picking up. Alex, how comfortable do you feel that the Blues can go to Newcastle and get all three points? Well, the one I'm more worried about is uh, Thiago Silva, who's just he's been playing games for Brazil. And the last time he uh, played two games over in South America, I believe it was back in October, they basically said he didn't make it back in time from the transatlantic trip to like get rested and be fed like the game plan or, any, or anything like that. Like Essentially, he'll be back on... like. Thursday afternoon or Friday morning, so there's no way he's going to be ready to play in an away game at Newcastle. And the last time that happened, we uh, ended up drawing Southampton 3-3. Now, we had Kepa in goal for that game, so I don't think anything like that's going to happen again. Um, But just the general misery of having the 7.30 a.m. away kickoff on uh, Saturday uh, midday over in England just makes me think, like, if, if we get a result out of this, like... That's that's championship making shit right there. So it's uh, I don't think it's it's going to go our way. I would probably look at that for the uh, the long shots of the week kind of bet betting on like Newcastle to win or or draw. Um, but I still think we have like the, the the players to pull it off. You know, like the the kind of game that Steve Bruce is going to set Newcastle up to approach uh, this as is going to. It's going to be perfect for players like Hakim Ziyech. It's going to be player perfect for Tammy Abraham, who's been quietly having one of his better seasons uh, this year uh, at center forward al- alongside Timo Werner. Um, I, I probably would say like 1-1 is probably the most likely result and a really boring game. Like if you're not a Chelsea fan, you probably shouldn't wake up for this one. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, but I'll say this. The double chance of Newcastle and a draw is plus 160 right now. What was the exact bet? Which, Sorry, you cut out on me for a sec. Double chance, Newcastle. You either you get Newcastle to win and Newcastle to draw at plus one sixty. Yeah, yeah, that'd be or or place two individual bets for the two individual outcomes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Newcastle's plus five fifty and and the draw right, is at plus three fifty. So plus three fifty for a draw is yeah. that's great odds because yeah, yeah, Chelsea we really struggled there. The last time I remember us winning was with Murcio Sari. And we'd like barely eked out a win there, so um, I'm not too optimistic. But then again, I'm not that yeah, afraid of Newcastle. No fans. Newcastle are, are and, not that uh, good. Yeah, I was gonna say they're 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 not a team that create a lot of chances. I know that Callum Wilson's gotten a few goals this season, but it doesn't look like they really have much goal threat elsewhere. And I don't know. I feel like this Chelsea side's kind of purring right now. Starting so Javier, to get you there. know what? Joe Ellington's probably going to come on and they're, score a brace. 
the, <laughs> no, the way the no, way that we work know, this is a McGoldrick, different Chelsea side <laughs> like all these players players that never score against anyone else score yeah, against us it's just like you guys have been you guys have been keeping possession really well against these you know so-called lesser teams this season you know upwards of the high 60s low 70s percent possession and I think if you can if you guys can keep up that those possession numbers which I think you'll be able to do against this Newcastle side um, I know you guys are going to create chances. I, I don't think it's going to be that boring of a game, actually. I, I, I kind of I kind of feel like Chelsea are going to get a sneaky win here. I feel like you guys are in a good run of form right now. And as much as you guys have had trouble at Newcastle, I just don't think that they're good enough to beat where I have Chelsea right now. Um, I think that not having Havertz is going to hurt you a little bit. Pulisic hasn't really been there already. But without those two players in the side, you guys still created plenty of chances um, against Sheffield last week. Or... I guess two weeks ago. Yeah, the but, one thing I'll say is, do do Newcastle get the bump from the fact that they probably don't have that many players missing out from international break, and they'll be fresh? And Chelsea, I mean, what percentage of the squad has been all over the world this week, these past couple weeks? A good amount. <laughs> it looked like Ben Chilwell might might have gotten injured for England, but then he's been back in training, so we'll see if he's healthy. It's yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. That that may be that may be a factor, but. Yeah, there's a good few of Newcastle's best players who have gone away as well, uh, like Miguel Almiron, uh, Jeff Hendrick. Yeah, I can't really name too many more than that, but it has trap game written all over it. But that's those are the kinds of games that if you can pull off a win, then all of a sudden we start to see Chelsea in a new light. So I'm gonna say two one Chelsea. Yeah, I'll probably say I'll, I'll say two one Chelsea. I'm taking Newcastle in the draw one one. I, I wouldn't well, I wouldn't hate you for taking that. It makes yeah. sense. All right. Aston Villa Brighton is the Saturday morning 10 a.m. game. I I like I, Aston Villa somehow are plus money in this game. Uh, I'm just gonna say that real quick. I think they win that one. I don't think we're gonna get into that one too much. We'll see how Villa do in this next run of games before we decide if we need to consider them a serious threat. Even though they took down Arsenal, people forget. Then we get to the 12:30 game of Tottenham Manchester City. The Jose Mourinho Pep Guardiola battle continues. Their last match at Tottenham ended 2-0, two Spurs, and this was Mourinho, I'd say, probably his first like premier victory once he had taken over Tottenham. And uh, Manchester City back with uh, their, their Spanish Spanish hero, Ferran Torres, a part of the 6-0 thrashing that Spain gave to Germany during international break, who will probably be looking to get onto the score sheet as well for Manchester City. This is the premier game of the weekend. Obviously, Liverpool play Leicester on uh, Sunday as well as Leeds Arsenal. But this is the game of the weekend. How do you guys? What, what do you guys feel about this one going down at the London Stadium? Okay, so so Son did play both international matches for Korea. Um, they played two friendlies. They played one against Qatar and one against Mexico. So. I feel like that's going to be a player who's not going to be 100%. Then again, Manchester City's chock full of internationals who who just played three games. I don't know how much of a factor that's going to be. I think a lot of people were saying that this is the, you know, we talked about it on the on the last pod where we talked about Tottenham, where this is the start of the, the super hard run for Tottenham to really show if they're going to be up there with the title contenders in the top four or if they're going to fall off during this run. I kind of fancy Tottenham for this. I don't know. I feel like Manchester City haven't looked to be that good. Um, they haven't looked convincing so far yet. this season. They haven't looked convincing yet. They haven't been banging in goals like we're used to, especially at the beginning of the season. Like I'm so used to City just coming out the gates, winning the first seven, eight games, scoring a shit ton of goals, and then maybe they fall off a little. I'm not used to this kind of sputtering out the gate and just rumors of Pep not renewing his contract, of 
you know, Nagelsmann being the next manager to come in. All of these things kind of add to a little bit of a different feel for Manchester City this season. And Aguero, again, going down injured. It doesn't look like he's going to be healthy for this game. Gabriel Jesus was just out with Brazil. You know, they had they had some away hard away trips. They played away to Uruguay and, you know, uh, traveled all the way across the globe. So, <sighs> I hate backing Tottenham in any type of game, but it does feel like they have kind of turned a corner this season, and I've been I've been fancying them. I know that they've been not exactly at the races the last few games, uh, especially you know Son, who's blanked the last three game weeks after starting the season so strongly. But I I don't know for some reason I feel like Tottenham's midfield has has grown a lot this season. I like that Endembele is playing really well, and it just doesn't seem like they really have any players that are coming back injured that we know of from the international break. You know, if if you told me that Loris came back injured or Alderweireld or, or, or <laughs> Kane or Son, yeah, then I'd then I'd be thinking, you know, maybe this is going to be a game they slip up. You know, then again, it is Manchester City. I, I could obviously see a draw here, but I'm gonna predict a little bit of a like a maybe a. I hate predicting Tottenham to win, but I'm gonna say two one Tottenham. I think it's gonna be a, a close one. I mean, it's not it's not completely Might out of even the question. Be higher scoring Tottenham than have that. had some decent results against Man City in like the recent past so Mm -hmm. yeah and especially with Mourinho at the helm and all he would want like to do in this kind of game is counterattack. like it's perfectly set up in his eyes for you know Kane, Son and you know maybe even plays Bale who's just played pretty well for Wales during the international break uh, and then just allows the rest of the team to sit deep and counterattack. I, I, Manchester City I think have a little bit more to prove in this game because like you guys said they haven't looked really anywhere close to their best yet in, in the Premier League specifically. But that's the reason I think uh, that they come out and they just, you know, beat the stuffing out of Tottenham. I think it's like 3-0, maybe like 4-1 wow. or something. I think City just, you know, wiped the floor with them. Okay, so that's the exact opposite of what I was about to propose. Um, this game screams under to me. And I'm talking so, not just under three and a half goals. I mean, under two and a half goals in this game. Hey, 3-0 would come in as under. <laughs> Two and a half? No. Three and a and half. No. Sorry. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. But under two and a half goals right now in this game is a plus is plus one thirty four. And to be totally honest, like I I kinda like that because cities if anything they've proved this year is that Ruben Diaz, while I'm not ready to anoint him like best defender in the Prem, he's done well. He did well from what I read in this international break. Manchester City might not be creating a ton of goals, but they're also not like getting exposed. I very easily could see this ending one one. Like I, I know I said that for the for for Chelsea. Yeah, that was the other thing I was like, I was thinking too. I was thinking kind of one one. Both, I, both defenses one. are so shit. Like yeah, but they, they're they're capable. I think City have gotten City, City okay, defensively better, have definitely but at improved. the same time. Yeah, Tottenham still scare me. I'm saying I, I'm picking City to win more out of like a uh, more out of like respect to them and that they know they need to start you know racking up results against big teams soon I mean outside of the first game of the season when if Tottenham like looked like they were ever like really on the back foot or been able to get blown out two or three no like I don't think they've gotten lucky in any of their results I know they haven't been blowing teams away they're, like they're they were crappy like against they did Royal after Antwerp. that Manchester United game but <laughs> they, they were create a yeah, chance. yeah but that's that was the, yeah that wasn't the the same time, I know Mourinho's been lining up his teams to to really defend first and and think about attacking later. But you got to think in this type of game, you know they're going to have to go at Manchester City at some point, come out of their shell and and try to get some goals, which is why I think 
like like Andrew's suggesting, it's probably going to be a more cagey game. I'm going where they're going to let City have the ball. They're going to get behind their team, and you're going to see you know Harry Kane try to hold up the ball and and play in Son or Bale, like you said, Alex. And I I don't know. I just have a sneaky feeling that this 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 season might be the one where. This is usually the season where if Mourinho is going to make it as a manager, he usually does really well in his second year, and you really see a big improvement from the team. This is going to be the the year and the, and the run, really, because this is the run that's going to prove whether Tottenham is going to be a top side this season or not. If you know Mourinho can get gets gets a full preseason with his team, has a healthy team, you know he's not going to have any excuses for this game. So other than Wait, the he's done neither of those, uh, things. you know, all these players were. <laughs> Well, no, he he got most, you know, he got as much of a preseason as ever, all every other manager, yeah, and which is zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it feels it, it feels like he's got more players. Um, I'll give you the depth, you know, listening to him and follow him. I, they've yeah, got the depth. It just feels like he's had. got more depth this season, and he's got the team he wants this year. You know, he was able to move on big players like Ericsson and Vertonghen and and bring in good replacements for them. So I don't know. It just feels like this is Tottenham's year a little what? bit right now so we'll see if i'm right or wrong all right so javier's taking tottenham what i'm a taking a draw fan. <laughs> <laughs> seriously and I'm alex out, is I'm taking out here to- keeping the brand alive <laughs> fuck tottenham <laughs> <laughs> and uh alex is taking manchester city i mean i would love it alex i'm just you know i'm, I'm trying to use use the brains here. the reverse use jinx the I've, I've utilized it many a time yes. it's a great effect he has indeed. This is the podcast. The official home of the Reverse Jinx is this podcast. Let's get to the Saturday late afternoon game. Manchester United hosting West Brom. This should be a pretty open and shut game. But for some reason, I feel like Manchester United are going to do what they've been doing of late, where they like it's suddenly 1-1, and then in the 80th minute, they score like three goals because West Brom are suddenly tired. And they like the, all the chances happen. United look like shit for like 70 minutes and then, you know, score a couple goals, and it's 3-1, and that's all she wrote. But, I mean, someone someone tell me I'm wrong here. Or or do you think United just blast West Brom in this game? I mean, they're going to win. hate to say it, but I'm pretty sure they also haven't won at home yet in the Premier League. They've uh, they've only gotten a point, and that was against Chelsea. Every other game they've lost. Uh, but yeah, West Brom are still just like figuring things out. I think they have like the framework of their team in place, but they just need to play they, a bit more together. They have Martial back. Yeah, but Rashford might They're not gonna play. They're going to have their front so. three of. But I mean, oh, that, that okay. still won't stop them from winning like a penalty or two, and you know. Well, we might see Cavani's first start in this game. We might see like a He's Cavani. Actually, been Martial, looking very good for uh, Uruguay. Uh, I mean, I know yeah. that's Uruguay, yeah. not United, but and he got his first goal for Manchester United, you know, right before yeah, the. It's break, just nice so. to know he's not completely dropped off the face of the earth. Like he still does have like good performances in him at international level, so he should be able to pull something out at uh, at league level. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, I don't, I don't see how Manchester United lose this one, even though I mean Pogba again came out and did the whole "I love playing with France, it's the best thing in the world" shit, which is like I do not envy. I'm still waiting for the Donny Van de Beek start. Yeah, which this still has not happened, which is pretty incredible. You know, we're near the end of November and he still hasn't started. Again, this is a game where. I feel like they could get away with a Pogba, Van de Beek, Bruno, maybe even bench Pogba and don't, I don't start think him. Start Pogba. Play Fred, Fred, Van de Beek, nah, and Con- Bruno. Connor Gallagher will pocket midfield. every single one of them. They don't have a chance against Connor <laughs> <Okay>. Gallagher. <laughs> oh, 
Okay, Alex. And Keep I mean, Alex, you know that you've been you've been touting there. that now West Brom got their you know they got, they got their full yeah, side. No. Alex, you're not going to back your West Brom here to maybe get a sneaky draw. No, I think draw? it's just going to be a a closer win for uh, for United than they're than United are probably comfortable with. Like probably like one nil or two nil. I like that. Yeah, I like that one. I mean, they did what? The tot- I don't think the clean sheet's happening. I'm going to say 2-1 United, but I, yeah, I think it's going to be close. West Brom played Tottenham. I uh, was at home, and they made it 1-0, but that's fair. Yeah, I, I'm 1-0, 2-0, I think, is right in, the, uh, right in the frame. Early Saturday morning, Fulham are playing host to Everton, a game that... Early Everton Sunday morning. Charles- <laughs> yes, yes, early Sunday morning. Did I say Saturday? Whatever. It's, it, whatever. Fulham... We'll see if they can do anything against Everton, who should be fully healthy. I don't know what James Rodriguez's status is in this game, but he's been playing for Colombia, and they've been playing they, like shit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I think the uh, the fatigue of the season is probably starting to catch up with a couple of players, and you know, it might be it might be time for Carlo Ancelotti to start you know managing minutes a bit better to get the most out of players for certain they've games. They've got. These, these next three games they have are pretty easy. I think they play like Fulham, West Brom, and Villa or something. I guess Villa's not easy, but after that they have a really, really hard run of games. So they're really going to have to pick up some points for these next three games to, to bring a little bit of momentum into there. So if they struggle against the Fulham side, then I think we'll be seeing really the what this Everton... We'll be seeing the Everton team that finished like 14th last season or 13th, whatever. We'll, we'll be seeing... Part of them turn a corner and full. Adamola Lookman. They've been looking better in these last. Bet on him to score. But they've been. I mean, I know that they missed that the the penalty to draw against West Ham in the last game. But they've looked better. They've looked better in these last three games. They got their first win. They're not rock bottom anymore. You know, I think they're right outside of the relegation zone now. We can all agree. They're still getting relegated. (laughs) They look better. But this is the type of game that they'll look at and think maybe we can get a draw. Maybe we can sneak a win. So I would I think I think it might be a fun one. I think there might be a lot of goals. Both you know you got you got shit goalkeepers on both sides, shit defenses. Now I know Andrew's so not waking up for this one, but Javier, fuck no. Are, are, will you, are you wake you up for me? this? Because I don't think I will. Fulham Everton. First no, of all, I don't I'm think still so mad at Fulham for blanking Brentford in that in that that the championship playoff. I'm still mad about that. And and we are, we all know my opinions about Everton. More I'll probably wake up for the Sheffield West Ham, the Charleston yeah. and and uh, Jordan Pickford. But yeah, let's talk about Sheffield. Uh, Sheffield United uh, playing host to West Ham. West Ham are plus money in this game, by the way, which is being held at Sheffield. Sheffield's still near the bottom of the table. Um, in fact, they are but the good, bottom of the table with one point so far. I think there's good reason to uh, pick Sheffield, though. Why is that, Alex? Well, they just came out of the death run that we were talking about where they had to play Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal all in a row. Uh, they, they realistically, like, it's do or die time for them. You know, one point at, or whatever they have, maybe two points after eight games. One, one point. point. This Nine is where they have like, to they get have their to win. Yeah. They, like, Chris Wilder, his, his, uh, if it doesn't go right after Chris Wilder basically has to tell them you have to win this game, then all of a sudden, it's really snowballing, and the players are like, "Oh well, we didn't win that game that we had to win against West Ham." Well, I don't know if that's the game because they play West Brom next Saturday. Well, they ha- they have to win both probably. Like realistically, yeah. maybe they can afford to draw like the West Ham game or something. But realistically, these two games after that death run they had, they they have to start getting points now. That and they're a team that I don't think had too many players go away on international break, so. They should be fit and up for it. It's, uh, yeah, I, I would probably, 
it makes sense that they're uh, they're probably favorites in this game because they're desperate and desperate teams usually come around with a couple of results. Well, Sheffield United are in plus. They're okay. Sheffield United's plus two hundred. The draws at plus two twenty, and West Ham are plus one forty five. So yeah, it's like close to even. Okay. It's almost even, but the fact that is there Antonio I know, I, I, back or no? That's probably the the question to ask. Hang on, I'm on. He's. It says he's ruled out, but he's also like scheduled to be back either this weekend or whenever they play right. next afterwards. So. Uh, I, I would probably lean towards he's not going to play, which means more Sebastian Allaire, which I think they can mm-hmm. they can do something with him, but he hasn't shown the same sort of ability he did at Eintracht Frankfurt uh, yet for yes. West Ham. Yes, he is still lacking a bit. Let's move down. Leeds United, Arsenal, 11.30. Javier, how do you feel about traveling to Ellen Road? Are you worried about it? This is kind of like Mikel Arteta's, well, like, philosophical well, grandfather I, because I would as be, we know I would be worried about it and I'm a little worried about it because Leeds have been you know fucking up good teams playing well but they have been uh, on a little bit of cool down in the last few games ever since that loss to to Wolves they haven't looked you know as good but Javier you guys have the they, formula you have the formula to topple them well okay listen Alex Alex here's what I'm hopeful about El Nenny gets a COVID test. He's going to be out of this game. So El Nenny can't start. This isn't the game for El Nenny. So we're probably going to have to see a Ceballos Partey midfield, which is uh, I haven't seen it yet. And the other very, very good news is dumbass Willian, who, please God, don't let him ever start for Arsenal ever again. <laughs> his fucking dumbass flew to Dubai, okay? Flew to Dubai, went to Salt Bay's restaurant, had, had a meal over there, got himself photographed, and apparently... You know, they're someone's not allowed to go into Dubai if they if they're not there for work or education. Going to Salt Bay's restaurant is not work or education. He's not going to be joining the Arsenal his team palate, until Javier. Come on, yes, yeah, sure. It's cultural sure. education. So this fuck clearly doesn't care about playing for Arsenal. He's been complete shit <laughs> since his three assists, zero goals, and then two assists in the first game against. I Fulham. just went on record. He's it's, been absolute garbage, uh, and he's been starting every game since Javier, it's November eighteenth. So fans just, just. <laughs> Just raging that this player has kept starting. So, so thank you, William. Thank you for being your dumbass self and continuing to be a stupid fuck and allowing Nico Pepe to start this weekend, which I've been dying to see. Um, so I'm hoping for uh, and Lacazette should probably take a seat as well because you've been shit lately as well. And Inketia keeps banging in goals for England's U21s. So let's. The, I kind of want to see an Aubameyang in the middle, or maybe even I don't know. Reese Nelson. Reese Nelson's been. He's looked good. Eddie Inketia so, uh, to get his revenge on uh, Marcelo Bielsa for. Uh, <laughs> I do. I do. I think that's why maybe Inketia starts. We might see an Inketia, Aubameyang, Pepe front three, and if we see that with a Partey Ceballos midfield, then I think we're gonna win. If we somehow see Willian starting and Partey is still injured, which it looks like he's back in training, so hopefully he's not. You could win um, with or without Willian. Not like, injured for like this. Willian could do some damage against a team like Leeds, especially if you guys choose to no. to no, do. Fuck Willian. No, I'm no, done no. with Willian. If you guys choose to do he's your the counterattacking method that you know Arteta has had his, most of his success with, then yeah, I think you guys have the formula to beat up a team like Leeds. Leads are going to see, leave themselves open. There's not going to be any questions of can Arsenal break down leads. Leads will give you opportunities to do that uh, pretty easily. So it's all about Aubameyang finding his, his shooting boots and uh, finally putting an end to this goal drought outside of penalties. Because you have to admit, Aubameyang has 
for a while now looked like looked terrible uh, pretty much ever since signing that that deal you know he had the winning penalty against united but i mean it's a penalty <laughs> like i'm not reading into that too I much just, so i just think william should not get anywhere near the team for a long time he should be relegated to europa duties after breaking the rules you know he he did something like this he's done every time that a player's seemingly broken the rules or done something out of order like with Guendouzi or Ozil or even Xhaka like he's benched the player for a while you know made them have to play themselves back into the team so i want william to have to like start scoring goals and assisting in europa and then you can even start looking at premier league minutes until then i want pepe i want reese nelson if if I see a Williams start this weekend, I'm going to start doubting Arteta because he's been getting the lineups wrong the last couple of weeks, and Williams cannot be get near ready this team. for petty social Nowhere media. Williams, if he gets uh, benched in the Premier League, he'll start like posting pictures of the team with like emojis covering up Arteta, like he did to Conte. He gets real petty when uh, he's not being played as a as a starter. So either way, I All win. Right, well, he's either 33 years old and he's a bitch, and he's taking away minutes from from Reese Nelson and from Nico Pepe, who are both better than him, so he needs to sit on the bench where his ass belongs. Uh, it's November 18th, and we finally got our first Javier long rant about hating Willian. Pre- be prepared for three more years <laughs> To be that. fair to Javier, he, we, we gave up on, or I, <laughs> he gave up on Willian a while ago, <laughs> but... Yeah, but I've given up on him, like, now like he's a couple gotten, months Now ago. it's gotten to the really terrible point where he's st- starting games anyway, and Javier's like, how does he not see it? How does Arteta not see how terrible he is? Also, I mean, and, and, and I'm usually one to defend Lacazette. But he's been pretty atrocious the last few weeks. I mean, he's been missing chances. He's been playing in that center forward position. And Aubameyang just hasn't been getting enough looks at goal. I feel like if Aubameyang had been getting the same chances or looks that Lacazette had been getting, we'd be having more goals. We'd be in slightly better form right now. So the other the other thing I'm curious to look at is possibly we change change of system here. Um, I know we talked about it briefly on the on the last pod and Premier League pod we talked about. And I know Alex, you think that we should still sit back and, and try to play counterattack against Leeds, but I wouldn't be opposed to, That's to how playing Wolves and Leicester, you know, three in the uh, midfield, wins against playing Xhaka, Ceballos, and Partey. I just I want to see more chances created. I want to see I want to see us get 15, 20 shots. I I don't want any more of this very boring slow arsenal passing out the back and i mean i think el Nenny being out the team william being out the team the two primary people who like passing it backwards i think no matter what team we see even if we do end up still playing arteta's old style that we've seen so far in the last year of arteta i think no william no el Nenny, i think that'll still that'll give us a more offensive look off the bat so yeah i uh I was going to predict a Leeds win in this, but I kind of talked myself into... <laughs> into of course, of course, unless uh, William starts, everyone. If William yeah, starts, yes. throw his prediction out William the window. Starts, then then Leeds, are, Leeds are winning the game. I'm going to say 2-2. I'm going to say, I'm gonna say right, like 3-1 so like Arsenal, to be honest. Because I think our... our oh, Alex having more faith well, no, than because us. number one, fuck Leeds. Somehow, <laughs> fuck Leeds has outdone <laughs> Arsenal. <laughs> Uh, but also, I just think you guys have the, the, the right system for it. We've seen Wolves with their pretty defensive uh, 3-5-2 or 3-4-3, whatever you want to call it. And Leicester have shifted to this 3-4-3 three, three, uh, since their like defensive injuries have piled up. That they managed to get, like a, I think, a 4-1 win at Leeds, uh, basically committing to that counterattacking style. Arsenal have the weapons to pull that off as well against Leeds and still create plenty of chances doing it. 
So, uh, yeah, I think this is one of those a continued uh, lesson in the Premier League for Leeds United. And this is a big bounce back game where, you know, Arteta did come out and say that was the worst he'd seen the team play against Aston Villa. And, you know, he really, really he, he took a lot of the blame on himself, but he really shit on the team saying, like, this is unacceptable. We're going to have to change this. So I'm really looking for this bounce back game, seeing a strong performance from us. If we do come out and, you know, get a 3-1 win against Leeds, then I'll be I'll be very happy. I'll, you know, I'll think that. Not we're back, but just the train isn't completely derailed. If we go out and lose here, it's it's, it's going to be rough days. It's going to be rough days. Uh, especially if we lose in the 3-4-3 three, three win. <laughs> <laughs> no, Alex. That, he's going to United for in, in a month or two once Ole inevitably fails here. So. Uh, well, so, did my app Nagelsmann, work out Give me Nagelsmann. Uh, Nagelsmann's not looking for demotions at this time. Oh, <laughs> the guy just made a Champions League semifinal. You think he wants to play Europa? I mean, you mean struggle to get into Europa, Alex? Um, he probably wants to coach the best youth player in the entire Premier League, in Gabriel Martinelli. So. It's Nico Williams. But we we can't relax. even touch. We can't even touch that one. The guy hasn't played <laughs> since what, like February. Alex is like, it's Callum Hudson Adoy. We all know it. Hasn't Callum been called? Callum's been called up to the English national team, so he's no longer a youth player in my mind. I'm I'm gonna take Arsenal. I'm just I'm they're plus money right now. I'm I'm gonna take Arsenal. Uh, Saka Saka did play phenomenally over the international break. So you know, look you for him to start right, and make some noise. Liverpool are the two fifteen game against Leicester, and I was genuinely pissed off that I have to wait until two fifteen. I'm excited for the team because they need as much rest as humanly possible. But I was genuinely pissed off. That I'm just the, gonna the say this right game. now: fuck both of you guys. Because any game after like noon on a Sunday, you guys are like, ah, oh, god, I, it's gonna interfere with my NFL football. Well, one of us like, gets covered. No, one of us gets shit, paid guys. to cover the league. All right. Well, so. Andrew has an excuse. Alex's ass just goes well, no, fucking no. radio silent watching football from like noon to well, like that's 10 because, p.m. Uh, like my team so. is actually good. You know, if Andrew didn't work at Sirius, <laughs> he he wouldn't even be watching yeah, the true. watching the NFL Washington watch, football team. I don't watch my football team without a name most week i like i watched the lions game this past week and and like i was just screaming oh, you it's like i yeah <laughs> you, well, I mean, you love pain i was a i was a liverpool i am a liverpool fan you know they didn't win shit oh, I, can, for a I long can hear time. my roommates downstairs screaming like come on come on just hold on for once <laughs> the funny thing was nope. i wanted them to lose that game and then i got my hopes up and then they they <laughs> I, this is the wrong football <laughs> wrong football okay liverpool don't have two starting center backs uh, Trent Alexander Ar- Alexander Arnold potentially might not play. Fabinho might not play. Thiago might not play. Not sure. Uh, I think Jordan Henderson and Robertson Solid will play. Solid definitely isn't playing because he Solid got another definitely won't play. positive test. They're still minus one ten against Leicester because they haven't lost at Anfield in like two and a half, three years or something like that since that game in 2017 against Crystal Palace. Leicester are godding it up, though. They're top of the league. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, well, what bo- both the- of these teams are probably the two most injured teams in the league, and they're both like in the sitting in the top two. <laughs> so the, per, the thing that concerns me the most is... Who does Leicester have injured? Uh, other than their like, couple defenders, like that they've, they've been long-term injuries. I don't think Leicester has two uh, bad injuries right now. Have- James Madison is back. Yeah, I was going to say Madison's back, Vardy's back. Uh, it's the on. well, it's it's that they've had to start like Wesley Fafana, who's oh. been playing well, the nineteen-year-old really center back. Well, yeah, he's but they've really had to play good. James Justin at like right center back or. Mm-hmm. Under's been banging in the goals for Turkey. Well, you got okay. First of all, on the defensive we forgot, side. We forgot Castagne, the the yeah, Belgian guy they just signed, 
and Pereira and Ndidi are all out, and as as well as Sianchu. So they're lacking at the back, and the reality is Liverpool still have a front three of Diego Jota, Firmino, and Sadio Mane. The midfield is still going to be okay. They'll still have Robertson. I'm just going to say it. Liverpool are going to win this game. Like they're not going. They're 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 not going to lose this game. They're going, but I think they'll win this game. I I'm not going to say it'll be easy, but Liverpool will win this game. Well, you do have Would to spot I, Jamie Vardy at least one goal. So exactly, he two may even Liverpool. get he may even get two. Who knows with right. uh, the defensive injuries? So uh, you, you think Liverpool without Salah are definitely scoring like three goals? Yeah, I think I think. Jota and Sal, uh, I think Jota and Mane can do it. Like I'm not, I'm not. What worried. a what a pickup Jota's been. Where like, be if one of the big one of the one of the front three drops out, you feel like Liverpool aren't going to lose that much attacking emphasis with the way. There Jota's was even been a playing. conversation about benching Firmino and just sticking Jota up at, up top well, as like the full time center forward. Yeah. no, because I mean, and Klopp has said it. I agree, it's dumb. It, it's what it's, been talked it's what Firmino does off I the think ball. We kind of talked about it's it. It's his link up play. Yeah, I mean, it's just like he does so much more than than goals and assists. I think there's a conversation Obviously, of changing the formation and playing more of a four-two-three-one, and and letting Firmino be more of the attacking midfielder, and then not not like not making him as responsible for for goals. But I didn't love him there against Man City. I thought that he started the game well right. the first 20, 25 minutes, but then he kind of he definitely fell off, and then he ended up coming off in the second half around like the 60, 65th minute. The, so the I, big one for I, me. I still is like his goal threat. What is Tiago Alcantara? I mean, he's still. We haven't seen him since the Everton game. I think Curtis Jones is gonna. Is gonna I wouldn't start be surprised. I wouldn't one. be shocked to see if probably if Nabi Keita. Yeah, I think Keita definitely is gonna get in. I think uh, Henderson's definitely in, and then yeah, maybe it is Curtis. But I mean, if you could play Tiago in this game, <laughs> well, three. I mean. Uh, uh, Ox, Ox is no. Don't worry about him. I also, so, Ox has so to what, get. I mean, I know that he, you guys want a Champions like, let's League. Just, with let's him, forget but like, about Alex Oxlade. I told you guys. I told you guys. Oxlade Chamberlain Ox. is just <laughs> here to get fit picks off and be uh, be a good social media presence and make all of the English fans like us. Yeah. That's, the, that's all he's there. Right, everyone he's loves for social him, right. media he's engagement only. He's your Tony yeah, Rudiger. He's, He's he's the fun guy in the locker room, okay? Like he's just there to make everybody. He's just there to crack jokes in the locker room, okay? We don't worry about him. He's not he, like we're fine. We, we don't. But no, Jared and Shakiri has a better chance of starting before for Liverpool right now than than uh, than Alex Oxlade Chamberlain. I'm thinking draw on this one. Shakiri looked pretty decent when he came on. Yeah, I kind of think, I think draw like a two two draw because uh, this this one's kind of made for Vardy and Madison. Madison's been pretty good too I, I, since coming back. So I get that. I'm just saying Liverpool mentality. Klopp is just gonna like be able to like get all these players. I think if Under starts, I, I'm I think Leicester could even win it. Like just the way that Under's been playing with Jamie Vardy and and all of these injuries to all of the injuries to Liverpool and the way that you know Klopp's been kind of bitching in the media about all the substitutions and complaining and Dude, the EFL I don't know, it feels is like now the, having five substitutions. the the, the championship I know, which is pretty is ridiculous substitutions every other right. major European league the Champions League Europa League but all it, of them it are creates five such an advantage for the better teams like I would be happy if that rule came in but I would be absolutely livid if I was a Sheffield Burnley West Brom fan like it well, pretty much gives you, you no chance against the top sides. Yeah, you can't do it now because the season's already started. You if you had done it, if you had said going into the season we're going to continue with this this setup for the next year, and they had a transfer window to bring in more people, then you have no 
You have no excuse. I, I, no, I mean, I still think you would be mad as a as a lower league team because it just makes it so much more difficult, especially late in the game when legs start to tire and, you know, Chelsea or Manchester City or Liverpool or any other big team can bring on like a number of it's internationals like off teams, the bench. Like not every, every team in the Premier League is like a, has a deep team. No, with... not every team in the Premier League has a deep team. We're, we're seeing that okay, now. Not everyone's the, Manchester City. Or Chelsea, who have billions to spend on their players. Right, that's, but that's why I'm making the case that it's it's it would be bad for the the, the lesser team. It's, it's probably good to have the three subs. Uh, it's, it's the schedule that's fucked. I don't think it's anything else. It's just yeah, trying it's, to fit all the, these games in such a small amount of time. Yeah, it's every team playing football every three or four days, which is really becoming the issue. But it's really it's it's really hard to fit in these games when you have the Euros in the summer and then the World Cup in the winter after that. The year following, I don't know. It's it's they're gonna have to fit in it, the, the the schedule next season is gonna be just as bad too. With you know the World Cup coming up, and they're only gonna have a year to do all the qualifying for that after the Euros. I don't know. Uh, obviously, COVID's really fucked things up, but it's it's you got to give a little pass to the FA for that, just because where are you even gonna put the games? Maybe they should have canceled the the Carabao Cup. I I, I would agree with that. I would have I would have this would have been the year to to not do it and. I think teams will look at the revenue from this past year that they didn't gain and say, what's the point of having it? And it really depends on when fans are allowed back in the stadiums in England. And I mean, we're not we're doing horrendously with COVID in this country, by the way, wear a mask and England's not doing great with it either. So it's not like we're going to have home field advantage over there anytime soon. Um, but yeah, that's the Liverpool Leicester game that brings us to Monday. Burnley Crystal Palace is the game at 1230, which um Truly, truly going to be an exhilarating match. I, I really think this is where the best football of the weekend is going to be played at, at 12.30 afternoon <laughs> on Monday. Uh, this has 1-0 one or 1-1. One, yeah, 1-0 one, one one Palace. 1-0 yeah. Palace because watching Burnley play is like watching paint dry. I really hope an American never signs for Burnley because I hate having to watch Burnley. And that brings us to Wolves-Southampton, which is the hipster matchup of the weekend. Uh, this game should be a ton of fun. I, no Danny. No, the the fact that purists Danny know that the true hipster matchup of the weekend is Aston Villa-Brighton. I'm not even <laughs> joking. Like, I'm actually excited for that game. <laughs> I, I am too. I kind of hate myself. So I was like, how can I bring in Aston Villa-Brighton into the discussion? <laughs> no, Wolves-Southampton is going to be good. I agree. Yeah, I think this should be a really decent match. It's it's the it's a disappointment that we have no Danny Ings until some point in December when he recovers from that injury from that surgery. But uh, Wolves Southampton should be a nice little tasty matchup. I like Wolves in this game just because it's at home. These two teams have had a bunch of decent games over the last couple of years. I'm perfect on Monday Night Football picks on the year, by the way. So uh, look out for my picks video, which will come out at some point on Friday afternoon on the Ghost Goal Instagram and Twitter and such. But in these recent matchups between Wolves and Southampton, uh, Wolves won last January 3-2 at St. Mary's. There was a draw last October. April of 2019, Southampton won 3-1. And in September of 2018, Wolves won 2-0 at home. So... Almost all these games have gone back and forth, back and forth. So there's, we should be in line for a nice duel between two teams that play good football and are two of the more interesting managers to watch out there. Alex, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, Wolf Southampton, uh, the stylistic matchups of the defensive Wolf side versus uh, the high pressing system of Southampton. It's it's perfect viewing tactically. It just feels like one of those ones that's going to be a, a goal fest, like the three-two you mentioned uh, earlier. I just don't know which way the pendulum swings. It seems like it's kind of a, a toss-up and uh, kind of who can get the lead 
early and then uh, hang on to that. So I'll probably lean towards Wolves just because of the Ings injury, but I don't think Southampton have missed uh, have missed much of Ings while having you know Che Adams looking in pretty good form. You don't believe in your your I do Che Adams, Adams, Alex? What I was just saying, like they haven't missed that much with Che Adams up there, and uh, James Ward-Prowse is in some of the best form of his of his career and. Theo Walcott doesn't even look too bad. He's not scoring, but he do, he looks good and he looks lively and he looks like he's fit into that like high pressing style pretty well. So, yeah, the Southampton have a shot, but I think it probably leans towards Wolves at the end of the day. Yeah, I think I'm I'm leaning toward Wolves too, but I think it's I think it's kind of has draw written all over it because it's Southampton at home. They've been on great it's form, so I'm gonna say, oh, it's Wolves at home. There's no fans here, guys. Home and away doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it doesn't really matter as much. Yeah. It's a training. It's a training match. I'm, I'm still gonna say one one. I'm gonna say one one. I'm trying to find the odds on Raul Jimenez to score any time, but I can't seem to find them at the time. But I would be willing to bet that's probably the bet that I'm gonna. Before take. we go, see so. if you can find the Jamie Vardy to score uh, odds. Oh, in the Liverpool game, yeah. I guarantee you it's at minus money. Really? Uh, I guarantee it. Huh. I mean, that would make uh, anytime sense. Anytime goal score. Oh, it's not plus one ten. Jamie Vardy. I was about to say. I bet you could get some good odds for that. Yeah. Not great. I mean, I don't. They're not. No, I mean, first of all, plus one ten is great odds, in my opinion. Like anything plus money, you're getting your it's money. Great, and it's great back. for something like, that's definitely going to happen. Right. That's what I'm saying. You put a hundred dollars down, you cash out at two ten. Like you're, you know, you know what I mean. Like this is this is most NFL games, and I say this all the time. Most NFL games, the odds are minus one ten or minus one fifteen, which means you have to put up hundred and fifteen or hundred ten to win a hundred. So at plus one ten odds, you put ten bucks down, you it hits, you walk out with twenty one. Like this is what this is this is why betting on soccer is more efficient in my opinion because I, I hit I think the last weekend I went two and six, but because I put more money on the Southampton game and the other game, I only lost twenty cents on the weekend. Like oh, nice. It's impossible to go two and six in the NFL and, and have that situation happen. So well, it's not, but you know what I mean. Anyways, guys, that about wraps it up from us. Uh, look out for recaps and previews to next week's games coming up next week. I'm Andrew Pissarro alongside Alex Moss and Javier Arevalo. Follow us along on Twitter at GhostGoldPod at Andrew Pissarro at ASMoss92 at JavierRev9. And until next time, see ya.